0: everyone, and welcome to The Darkest Hour. I'm your host, Amanda Jane. I find there's usually an explanation for a lot of the things that happen in my day. In my house, misplacing my things is far more common than ghosts playing tricks on me and hiding them. The cold chill is usually just an open window, or the realization that I'm cold. The shadow figure in the room, the one near the doorway. It's actually just a coat hanging on the door. And I would think that I'm not unique in my experience. That a lot of people would agree, not everything is a ghost. No, not everything. But certainly, some things. And those things are far more interesting and much scarier than the usual day-to-day. So, let's get started, shall we? I grew up in southern Pennsylvania, not far from Gettysburg. When I was eight years old, my parents decided to build a house on vacant property. It was surrounded by fields and It was beautiful. I lived with both of my parents and my two older brothers who were 15 and 17 at the time. Though I grew up in the area, we only stayed in the house for four years. My first night was not what I expected it to be. I laid in my bed and I had just closed my eyes. Then I heard a voice that sounded like a soft whisper about six inches from my face saying help over and over just repeating the same word until I fell asleep I tried my best to forget about it because I thought there's no way the house could be haunted it was brand new about a month goes by and I'm sitting on my bed doing what I used to love doing most which was read I glanced up and I looked at my doorway because I saw something out of the corner of my eye At that moment, I'd officially seen a full body apparition of what appeared to be a soldier from the 1800s, but he didn't see me. He was just walking by my room, very slowly. I still remember every detail of his appearance twenty years later. He was covered in blood and looked like he'd been shot or stabbed. This lasted for about five seconds. Still being creeped out, my curiosity got the best of me, and I walked out of my room, and I searched all over the house, but I found nothing unusual. About a week or two goes by, I'm in my bed trying to fall asleep again, only to be disturbed before I even get the chance to close my eyes. I'm disturbed by this voice. It was very deep and masculine. I couldn't understand a word it was saying, because it was speaking in a different language. It sounded annoyed and angry. It happened every night at the exact same time for two weeks, before it suddenly stopped. After that, I had a night terror. I'm absolutely terrified of spiders. I'd woken up in the middle of the night. I could see what looked like a tarantula crawling on me in bed. I swear it was there. I definitely saw it. I was panicking. My dad came into the room to check on me and found that everything was okay. Before I could fall asleep, I heard what sounded like two men laughing right next to my bed. At this point, I was getting used to fucked up shit happening. One summer, I stayed up late every night so I could watch Hannah Montana at midnight. One night, when the clock struck midnight, I heard my back door downstairs open. Then I heard a woman say my name as if she were calling for me. I'd heard the door shut, followed by footsteps. Then there would be silence. It happened every night for almost two months. It never failed. It didn't even bother me at that point. I knew it wasn't my mother because she worked 12-hour night shifts at the hospital almost every night. There were no other females around, but one night it stopped altogether. One night I was up at midnight and nobody called my name. I went to sleep and everything felt peaceful. I woke up to the sound of someone knocking on my bedroom door. I looked at the clock on my cable box. It was 3am. I assumed it was one of my brothers and told them to go away but then the doorknob started turning, but it wouldn't open because the door was locked. I have always slept with my bedroom door open, always. And I definitely wasn't the one who locked it. The knocking and doorknob rattling went on for what felt like forever, then it stopped. A few minutes later, I hear what sounds like scratching at the door. I think to myself, Is that my cat? But then, the knocking, scratching, and turning of the handle started happening at the exact same time. No way in hell my cat could do all three at once, let alone the knocking and turning my doorknob. It would happen for about 30 seconds, and then it would stop. It happened at least five times. Sometimes the knocking would be so hard It sounded like pounding. My whole door was shaking. Whatever was on the other side of that door really wanted to come in. It got so bad, it woke my dad up. He heard all of the commotion, and as soon as he opened his bedroom door, it all stopped instantly. He called out to me, but I was too afraid to say anything. He went back into his room and closed the door but the same scenario repeated itself three more times. My dad made me sleep in his room. We never spoke about it, ever. Things seemed to be fine for a while. Then, whatever was in my house struck again. My brother had got up to go to the bathroom. He turned the hallway light on, noticed that my bedroom door was closed as it was across the hall from the bathroom. He comes out of the bathroom, and the hallway light is off, and my bedroom door is wide open. He looked inside my room, and he saw me still sleeping. Everyone else in the house was still sleeping. He woke up my dad and my brother, told them what happened, and they searched the house for a possible intruder, but found nothing. More months go by, and we're all awoken by the smoke detector going off in the middle of the night. We all went downstairs in a panic, just to find out that our stove was on, full blast. Big ass flame on top of the stove, in the middle of the night. What the fuck? One day, it was just my father and I, my mom was at work as usual, my oldest brother was at work, and my other brother was at baseball practice. I'm downstairs, but I hear what sounded like somebody running, upstairs. Forgetting that both of my brothers aren't home, I go up the stairs, and I see someone run into my brother's room and slam the door. It was loud. I thought for sure it was my brother, and I wanted to go in there and see what was up, and ask why he was running around like that. I opened the door, and nobody was there. I watched the door close right in front of me. I felt sick to my stomach, just standing there, realizing... The only person that was home with me was my father, who was in the shower. I continued to see weird shit all of the time. One day, in the middle of the day, I saw my German Shepherd run upstairs, full blast, as if she were chasing something, but I didn't see what she was chasing. Whatever it was went under the bed, and she was viciously growling at it. I thought it was my cat until I saw him, sitting on top of the bed, and appeared to be sleeping, until we bursted in. One night, my cousin was spending the night. We were walking through the living room when she saw the reflection of another person on the glass of our bookcase. Another time, we were in my backyard, and she told me that she saw somebody looking at us through the window on a few occasions and it definitely wasn't anybody we knew. I remember one day walking down the basement stairs. When I got to the bottom of the stairs, I saw what looked like another apparition, except this apparition looked exactly like my oldest brother, but it also didn't look human. It was almost white and blue, and his eyes were pure black. When he saw me, his eyes got really big and he looked terrified he ran away and went into the crawl space I ran my ass upstairs to find out my brother wasn't even home I never went back down there after that a few months later I was with the same brother and we were in the living room watching George Lopez late at night I'm into the show but he muted the TV he looked at me and said did you hear that? I told him, no, I didn't hear anything. We sat still for a minute, and then I heard it. Together, we both heard footsteps coming up the basement stairs. My brother grabbed a baseball bat, and we went to the basement to investigate, but to no avail. The rest of our family was sleeping upstairs. The next night, my mom was up late, sitting at the dining room table doing whatever it was that she was doing, Around 3am, the shelf on the dining room wall flew off the wall and put a hole in the wall adjacent to it. We looked at the nails in the wall that held up the shelf, and they were still perfectly straight. We moved out of that house when I was 12. I still experience paranormal things, but not anything comes close to what we dealt with in that house. I believe there were a lot of spirits there, and I'd love to know about what happened there previously to create so much activity. We were a regular church going family, so I'm sure if there was anything demonic there, that just pissed it off even more. What do you think it could have been? Ghost? Demon? Poltergeist? All of the above? My mom grew up in Huntington, New York, in a haunted house. It was normal for her to hear people running in circles at night, and apparently they'd even see footprints in the carpet in the morning. One story my mom told me was about how when she was little, she was playing in the backyard and found a wooden nail. She didn't think much of it, so she threw it over the fence and went on with her day. When my mom woke up the next morning, the same wooden nail she threw over the fence was on her nightstand. This happened to me about 11 years ago when walking home from a friend's house at night. I'll get straight to it. I used to live in a rural part of the UK. And I've lived in rural areas most of my life, so I was used to long walks, occasionally at night, especially before I could drive. They never bothered me too much, I'd get creeped out occasionally, but this one night was the most terrifying experience I ever had. There was this one friend who used to live roughly three miles away from my house. He had cool parents, and my other friends and I would often go over to his house. Play video games and hang out. Occasionally, this meant walking home at night if I stayed late. There were two ways back from his house the roadway, which was about five miles long and took about 30 to 45 minutes. The roads were very quiet and eerie sometimes, but they were lit by street lamps, so it never bothered me walking this way. The other way was a shortcut through some woods which took about two miles, and the wooded bit was about a mile or so long. I often favored the wooded shortcut, and have probably walked it over a hundred times. The woods were dark, however, combined with the lack of ambient light due to living in a rural area, and you had absolute, abyssal darkness. Luckily, most of the time I had my phone light to walk with. But sometimes my phone would die, or the battery would be so low, the flash wouldn't work, and I'd have to use my screen light. As you've probably guessed by now, this was one of those occasions. I remember my friends and I had just finished watching a film. It was nearing 10 p.m., so we all left my friend's house and headed our separate ways home. I contemplated briefly which way I should go, and decided to take the shortcut through the woods. I started walking from his house toward the path that headed into the woods. The streetlights dimmed as I entered the fields before the woods. I glanced at my phone and saw my battery was really low. Only enough power left for a couple minutes of flash, and then I'd have to use my screen for light. That wouldn't last the whole way either. As I saw the tree line approaching, I switched on the flash... And followed the well-trotted path into the dark To my dismay My light died within seconds of entering And I flipped my phone over To try and shine my way using the screen As I walked I looked out for all the familiar landmarks That I was used to seeing To ensure I was heading in the right direction Funky tree stump, check Half-fallen fir tree, check Enormous puddle, I had to jump over. Check. All was going well. I was halfway through the woods when my phone completely died. I remember the moment it happened. I was engulfed in darkness. I'm not sure if you've experienced this level of darkness before, but it was so dark. I couldn't even see the outline of my hand, centimeters in front of my face. Naturally, my pace slowed considerably. And I started holding my hand out in front of me to make sure I wasn't going to walk into a tree or something. I continued walking for another minute or so until all of a sudden, a pungent smell hit me cigarette smoke. I glanced around, but I couldn't see anything. Then I heard it a cough. I wasn't alone. Thoughts raced through my head who would be out in the woods in the dark? Are they following me? Am I lost? I quickened my pace again, throwing a little caution to the wind. I carried on walking and tripped slightly on a branch. As I regained my balance, I heard another sound. Branches breaking underfoot. What sounded like, right behind me. The snapping turned into fast footsteps that grew louder and louder. I started sprinting. I felt the well-trotted path turn to brush. I felt branches, logs, and plants hitting my legs. It wasn't long before I fell hard. I was lying on the floor holding my knee. I could still hear branches snapping around me and a voice muttering something. I didn't dare move. Then all of a sudden, they turned on a torch. I couldn't see anything except for the beam of light which seemed to be eaten quickly by the darkness of the forest. I lay motionless on the ground as the beam swept through the trees. I could still hear the person mumbling, a deep growl. The crunching of footfalls grew and grew. They were only several feet from me by this point. I couldn't breathe. The light went out. The snapping of branches grew and then... Quiet. My eyes were wide open, but I couldn't see anything. Then I could hear wheezing right above me. I wanted to cry. I wasn't sure if the person could see me or not. They could have been staring right at me, and I wouldn't know. This carried on for about five minutes until the crunching of leaves and snapping of twigs started up again and got fainter and fainter as they moved away from me. I remained laying down for another five, ten minutes, contemplating my escape. Like an idiot, I'd ran off the path, and I wasn't sure which way was back to it or which way was home. I didn't really care, I thought. I'm just going to walk in one direction until I leave the woods, and I'll just get home from there. I knew as soon as I started moving again, if the person was still in the woods, they would hear me. Should I run or try to sneak out? I opted for the latter. I slowly rose to my feet, listening constantly to my surroundings, picked a direction and started walking. I wasn't perfectly quiet, but quiet enough to be sure I wouldn't be heard from too far away. I kept hearing snapping sounds and rustling in the distance, and every time I froze. I'd hold my breath, until I was sure no one was there, and then I'd start walking again. I repeated this pattern for what felt like an eternity, until eventually I found the path. I screamed for joy in my mind, and sped up my pace. After another ten minutes, I saw it. light Street lights filtering through the trees. I'd never been so happy to see a meager street lamp. But as I progressed to the end of the woods, my heart sank. At the end of the path was a black silhouette. Unmoving, contrasted against the light background, was the dark figure of a man. What should I do? Maybe it's a different person. Perhaps it's someone walking their dog. I froze and watched them silently But they didn't move at all They just stood there Like they were guarding the entrance to the woods I didn't know what to do By this point, I'd had enough I was so close to getting out I decided to just run straight toward the exit Straight towards them I was a six foot five young man If they wanted to stop me They'd have a hard job of it I thought. So that's what I did. I started sprinting. The figure grew and grew as I reached them. I stepped to the side. I heard someone growl. Loudly. And I felt something clip the back of my head and tug the back of my jacket. I cleared the sheep gate in one leap and sprinted into the light. I eventually stopped running when I could see the first house and... I looked back. The entrance to the woods was quite far away now, and I couldn't see anyone standing by the entrance. Relaxing a bit more now, I finished my walk home. That's pretty much it. I know I could have overreacted. It could have been someone out for a walk in the woods, a dog walker, a camper, but what I thought was strange was that they didn't use their torch, except briefly on one occasion. Once they heard me, they also actively seeked me out. Who knows what would have happened if they caught me. In any case, I never walked that way home alone again, not at night anyway. So I went ghost hunting last night and had an experience I will never forget. I'm 23 and I go to college with my best friend who's 20. We joined a local club on campus. Upon meeting the other people in our club, we soon realized that we all shared an interest in folklore and the supernatural. So we decided that the club should meet up for a ghost hunting night on campus just for fun. We met around nine at night and visited a few hotspots known on campus. While we did get a little bit of interaction, it was nothing major, mostly small EVPs and some captures on Snapchat. The group was having a blast, including my friend and I. By 11.30, the group had dwindled down to less than six of us, as most of the group had gone home to go to bed. It was at that point we decided to visit the most active place on campus, which is a residential hall. The residential hall is haunted by a rather famous ghost who I will call Jay. Jay was a young baker who worked at his family's bakery that had been on campus. Jay unfortunately died when he fell and got locked into the large oven and burned to death. The hall is built on top of where the bakery used to be. Jay is known around the hall for pulling pranks, like hiding keys and turning on radios our group leader who I'll call Kay is an RA at the building and knows all of the spots that Jay frequents she took us inside and led us to one of the hotspots which was a computer lab we all took seats in different rows in the lab where I sat there was nobody around me and we were quite a few seats apart from one another this is important so we sit there Kay has a spirit box app going on her phone. We start talking to Jay and tell him to move stuff around us to prove that he's there. Every time we do, the spirit box responds with no or not a good idea. I was getting bored and tired at this point, so I started egging Jay on more by telling him to knock stuff over or even mess with me. Finally... I tell Jay to open the closet, to which we get no response. Kay starts talking about how a lot of the activity relates to the closet. It was at that moment that the back of my chair was smacked, hard enough that it let out an audible smack. It was also hard enough that it sent vibrations through my body. I scream immediately and book it to the door, and so does everybody else. We race out of the room, down the hall, where we finally stop and catch our breath. I've never been so shaken in my entire life. There's no way that any of us could have smacked my chair because we were so far apart. I was also sitting completely still, and there was nothing behind me that could have fallen and hit my chair. I also felt a direct strike, straight to my back. I've always believed in ghosts but I've never had an experience until last night. My friend was recording the whole thing with an audio recorder and caught the moment it happened. Needless to say, I won't be returning to that residential hall anytime soon. Everything I'm about to tell you happened in the summer of 2020. I believe it was a Saturday. My dad and I were headed to my cousin's graduation party. My dad told me that there was this neat old house, now a museum, with some spooky history behind it on the way. We both love those kinds of things, so I agreed to stop and visit. Once we got there, it was a little less than we expected. Everything was locked up, so we couldn't get a good look inside. The story behind the house now known as Hex Hollow, goes like this. There was a local man by the name of Nelson Rimeyer, a powwow doctor, who was suspected of being a witch. One late night in November of 1928, two men broke into his house and beat him to death. They attempted to burn his body, but it did not burn. To this day, there's still burn marks around where the body was on the floorboards of that house. Anyways, after a while of going around, taking pictures and looking around, I thought it might be funny if I jiggled the handle to the front door of the house. Oh, was I so, so wrong about that. I truly believe I made whatever or whoever was in that house very, very angry. That night when I got home, a really odd feeling came over me a feeling as if I was being watched. I kept thinking about earlier in the day, at the graduation, my cousin's baby stared at me with complete terror. Along with all of that, out of the corner of my eyes, I started seeing these dark figures dart across the room. I was completely terrified, and I could barely get any sleep at all. I'm unsure how to describe what I saw in my dreams that night, but I'll try my best. There was an array of black and white images that replayed over and over in my head. I would wake up terrified and in tears, fall back asleep, and have the same images repeat themselves. I don't exactly remember what those images were. The only thing that stood out to me is that they were in black and white. The next morning, I still had this overwhelming feeling that someone was watching me. I had no idea what to do other than to go and explain it to my parents. We're a pretty religious family, so we decided to pray. And as soon as we did that, the overwhelming feeling stopped. Although I'm still unsure about some of the things that happened to me that night, I'm fairly certain of two things. One, that Mr. Raymeier or some entity had attached himself to me. For a short period of time. And two, that I will never mess with something that is not mine. Especially if it's from the deceased. Yesterday I was in the bathtub at my boyfriend's house. Usually I'll listen to a podcast or music... But last night, I just wanted to sit in silence. At some point, my boyfriend walks in with a peaceful look on his face. He asks, ''You singing, honey?'' I sing a lot in the shower and around the house, but I definitely was not singing. I told him this, and we both got creeped out. I asked if any of the windows were open, like maybe someone was singing outside. All the windows were shut, and the loud A.C. units were running. Also, it was really late, so the idea of someone singing out in the night was eerie in itself. He said the singing he heard was so clear that he could still remember the melody. He hummed it and asked me again, "'You sure you weren't singing that? Maybe quietly?' The melody was not one that I recognized, and no, I definitely was not singing. What do you guys think? Ghost? In 2009, I moved into a Victorian railway cottage in London, which was built around the 1890s, 1900s. I moved with my daughter and partner, and the event happened within weeks of us settling in. It's a three-bedroom house, with all the bedrooms situated on the first floor. It was a November evening when my daughter was upstairs on her bunk bed, and I was sitting in our living room, watching TV. It was just us two in the house, My partner was at work. There was nothing eerie leading up to this moment that I could remember. But all of a sudden, I heard, really close to my ear, a guttural growl. It was really loud, but felt located right next to my ear. As if it was only meant to be heard by me in that one ear. It didn't echo. It was just located right next to my head. As soon as I heard that growl, my daughter, who was around nine at the time, screamed from her room. I ran up the stairs, but it was as if I was being pushed up there. Maybe it was because of my speed or because of my panic, but when I got to her room, she was crying. I asked her what had happened, as she replied that she heard a growl in her ear. As you can imagine, We were absolutely freaked out. I wasn't able to retell the experience for a long time, and only in the past year or so had I mentioned it to my daughter, but she has no memory of the event. I'm a believer and think that this was something demonic. I would have been skeptical had it just been me that heard it, but my daughter's reaction was enough to make me realize that this was the real deal. I was wondering if anyone could provide me with an explanation as to why my daughter does not remember the event. It traumatized me so much, I wish I could forget about it. I've told this story so many times, my friends always just laugh it off and tell me I'm crazy. I'm about nine years old at the time. I'm sleeping over at my best friend's house, down in his basement. At some point in the middle of the night, I wake up to the sound of someone running down the stairs to the basement. I shoot straight up off the couch that we were sleeping on. My friend somehow remains asleep. When I look over at the stairs, I see a kid standing at the bottom. I had just woken up, so... I'm wiping my eyes, making sure my eyes aren't playing tricks on me. He's still there, so I ask, Who's there? I get no response, and now I'm horrified. He's just standing there at the bottom of the stairs. I think it may be my best friend's brother, messing with us. But they look smaller, and I'm not sure, so I'm still very weary. After not receiving an answer, I ask angrily, what do you want? But the little boy who had stopped at the bottom of the stairs had not moved an inch. He looked right at me in the eyes and says, I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready she to give my all. all. Very weird thing to say, I know. After hearing his voice and processing his weird response, I'm now 100% sure that this is not my friend's brother and my friend's still sleeping on the other end of the couch after he said I'm here, I'm here I'm ready to give it my all it really clicked in my nine year old head that this isn't a dream and I'm actually awake right now my heart drops and I'm frozen with terror I don't know what else to say to the kid at the bottom of the stairs but I continue to look at him despite being absolutely frozen with fear He stares right back at me, and after about 10 or 15 seconds, I ask him who he was again. He starts to give me a real sinister grin, and then he legitimately fades away, right in front of my eyes. I lay back down under the covers, and come to terms with the fact that I'm awake. After about an hour shitting my pants under the covers... I build up the courage to wake up my friend, to go upstairs. I tell my friend and his family about it the next morning, and everyone tries to convince me that I was sleeping, but I know I was awake. A few years later, after they'd moved out of that house, my friend's mom admits to having a few strange encounters in that house herself. I wish the kid had said a bit more, but at the same time, I guess I don't is that grin that he gave me, the fear that came over me after, has stuck with me ever since. Now at 23, I still get chills when I think about that experience. If he had paired that grin with something a little more frightening, then I'm here, I'm here, I'm ready to give it my all, I probably would have to be institutionalized. I grew up in in southeast Missouri was definitely haunted anyone who spent a significant amount of time in our house and by that I mean at least a few hours they would tell you there was something going on there my cousins aunts and uncles people didn't generally like to come over and visit us much because it could definitely be unnerving growing up we'd always hear weird things feel like we were being watched and see things out of the corners of our eyes. One of my favorite creepy occurrences were when you'd walk into the kitchen after just being in there and several drawers or cabinet doors would be open when you know for sure they were closed before. My sister and I would be laying in bed at night and see things peering out at us from our closets or see someone pass by our door We'd scream for our parents, and they would always explain it away as us dreaming or imagining things. Things like the cabinet doors or weird sounds would be blamed on the house's settling. Mind you, this house was built in the early 70s. It was fairly new when my parents bought it. There'd only been one other person who lived there before we moved in. After my parents' divorce, it felt like the activity spiked We would often hear a woman's voice down the hallway, which was odd because my mom had moved out of the house. One night, when I was about 14 or so, I was doing dishes at the kitchen sink. The way our kitchen was laid out is if you were standing at the sink, your right side would be right up against another counter. There was no room for anyone to get in between you and the counter. This made for inconvenience when you wanted to grab a plate from one of the cabinets above or silverware from the drawer in front. Anyways, I was standing at the sink one night washing dishes and a woman's voice spoke my name in my right ear. My dad was at work. My sister was in her bedroom playing with her Barbies. I literally felt breath on my ear. It was that close to my face. I looked to my right and, of course, there was no one there. I immediately dropped the plate I was holding back into the water and screamed. I ran out of the kitchen and I didn't go back for a couple of hours. We would also sometimes see this female spirit. The way our house was laid out, there was a long hallway from the living room that went down about 40 feet and all of the bedrooms were off the hallway. The smallest bedroom in the house was all the way at the end of the hall. And that was the room my sister and I were terrified of as kids. Because we could see things peering out of the closets in the dark. If you were sitting on my dad's recliner in the living room, the hallway was on your left. And sometimes we would watch glimpses of a woman in a long white dress crossing the hallway between the two back bedrooms of the house. All those years. My dad swore he'd never experienced anything weird or creepy in the house. After my sister and I grew up and moved out on our own, my dad called me one day to ask where I was hiding. He was laughing, and he said, Come on, I know you're hiding in the house, I just heard you. I was shocked. I was three hours away, sitting on the couch in my living room in Kentucky. When I told him this... He was so confused. He said, But I know I heard you call my name from the bedroom. I said, No, Dad, that was probably the ghost. He laughed it off. But months later, we'd come home for the holidays. My dad admitted that he too was beginning to notice weird occurrences in the house. He could no longer explain it away as. Somebody else being in the house, making those sounds, or speaking. He would notice things being moved around, or see things out of the corner of his eye. It took him 30 years to admit that there was something up with our house. To keep from creeping himself out, I think, Dad nicknamed the female ghost in the house, Doris. He would make jokes all the time about Doris doing things like moving his stuff around on his desk or leaving the cabinet doors in the kitchen open. To this day, we call the back bedroom Doris's room. These are just a few of many, many stories I could tell. I was afraid of the activity as a child, but as I got older, I decided it wasn't so scary because the ghosts had never tried to hurt or touch any of us. Now... The ghost in my childhood home is just something everyone in the family knows about and deals with. all the stories we have for tonight, but be sure to join me every Friday night for an all-new episode of The Darkest Hour. Thank you to everyone who shared tonight, and to everyone for listening. If you haven't already, now is the perfect time to subscribe and hit that bell, because starting this fall, I'll be releasing compilation videos. The first one will feature stories about cryptids and the deep woods. These will be longer videos, and so I hope you'll join me for those as well. They're perfect to fall asleep to. So yes, remember, if you love The Darkest Hour and you never want it to end, be sure to hit that subscribe button and tap the notification bell. Do you have stories like these? I'd love to share them. Send them to me, amandadarkesthour at gmail.com. Also, check out our subreddit, and follow the darkest hour on Instagram at the darkest hour YT stay spooky